Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three cr.org.au, and three CR on demand. Out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting from noon till one on Sunday afternoon, Australian Eastern Time. Three CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the original inhabitants, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay respects to elders, past, present, and emerging, including our queer original um, original inhabitants who in turn include sister girls and brother boys and acknowledge their contributions to diversity on and around the lands. Welcome to listeners of all genders, including but not limited to ladies and gentlemen. Well, it's a packed program today, in the words of two British um, comedians of the 70s. And so, yes, you if you were following on Facebook, you saw that part about how we won't have time to talk about the person... <laughs> who um, failed to keep up the lease payments on his exorcism and was repossessed. Someone has to do the old gags. But um, it's so packed, we've got far more important things to talk about. At half past 12, I'll be joined on the line by Connor Burchard-Burns from Trades Hall, who's doing great work on women and queer stuff in the union movement. But an appropriate track to open, Marie Wilson, won't keep a good girl down because I'm joined in the studio by someone who's becoming a very... Regular guest and very welcome to on the show, and she's a good girl, and you won't keep her down mentally or physically, because that's what we want to talk about. Michelle McNamara, welcome back. Hi, Sally. Thanks for the welcome again. Um, yes, it's a ple- great pleasure to be on the show. Oh, it's good to be good to have you in again. And gosh, you're it's in the words of Bill Laurie, which is a sort of appropriate because we want to talk sport and exercise. It's all happening for you at the moment because you're an ambassador for an awesome campaign called This Girl Can. What's This Girl Can about? This Girl Can was uh, established by the Victorian Health Promotion Foundation. It's it's licensed from the UK This Girl Can campaign, mm-hmm. and it aims to get um, more women involved in exercise. I think, you know, the the, the, the fact is that, that, that across the whole country, you know, our... Over over the last 20 or 30 years, our lifestyles kind of change so that more of us yeah. are overweight and more of us are sedentary. We're all, we're all glued to our computers and so on. Mm. But really more women are, are, are inactive than men, you know, so that half of the women, Australian women, don't exercise enough. They don't do the minimum sort of exercise to maintain physical health. And one in five women do no physical activity in a typical week. And compared with men, this is about double the rate of men for the comparable stats. Ooh. And, you know, the the whole cost of this um, inacti- less, less activity, reduced activity to the community, the Australian community, yeah. is, is over $10 billion a year. So that's a, that's a shocking, shocking um, cost that we're bearing because of that. Yeah. And so this girl can aims to get women involved in exercise. Yeah. And... Uh, 
please feel free to interrupt me. I can keep on going. But yeah, well, you know, that... I, I guess women are, you know, women. What, the research that this girl can, the, the Vic Health promotion campaign, did into this question. Yeah, so you tapped into what I wanted to ask. Sorry. Yeah, yeah is is. Is, was was revealed that the reason women don't exercise is mostly around judgmental issues around their body image. Mm. And as trans women, this should ring chime bells for both of us. I'm sure it does. And I'm we'll sure talk about our personal stuff yeah. later. But, you know, it just seems seemed to me um, as a transgender woman that, that you know, the, my experience has been that there's been very great barriers to that first getting out on the streets and running, which is what I used to do, mm-hmm. and then getting in the pool and swimming, which is what I do now. Both of those involved me in very um, a lot of soul searching about: Did I look good enough? Was I going to be okay mm. when I sweated? Was I was I going to still look okay? You know. <laughs> All of these things were weighing heavily on my mind and it took a great deal of time before I got out on the streets doing the running and when I when I went into the pool, I literally spent half an hour in the changing cubicle with a mirror and and um, makeup mm. and um, various bits of paraphernalia going over my appearance. You know, it was a real issue uh, for me getting in the pool and I must say I was very happy with... Um, my local swimming pool, which is Northcote, because they had single-use changing facilities mm. and um, they have a limited number of single-use showers and toilets, but they have quite a number of just changing facilities, which is what I used, and it was just fantastic. But it took me literally took me half an hour to get up the confidence to go out that door dressed in my um, bathing suit and, and get in the pool. And But yep. once I did, I... Every time after it, it was affirming and helpful. The staff there were great. You know, there's no issues. I've had no issues at all. Mm. And every time I go, it gets easier. So now I just go out straight out the door and, and off to the pool and hop in the pool and go, go, come home. It's it's just a normal part of my daily routine. And I wanted to communicate this story yep. with, with the This Curl Can campaign Um particularly because I was a transgender person, particularly because I saw these body image issues weighing heavily mm. on my, the whole of our trans community. Definitely. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. It will, you know, yes, this girl can. is obviously about, <coughs> excuse me, female-identified people, cis or trans women. But, um, you know, I think there's got, you know, there's got to be huge crossover for trans men and for people identifying as other than male or female, gender diverse, non-binary and similar. And because we don't fit boxes, you know, we don't don't fit into sports teams, for example, in a nice and neat way. And we've, of course, seen that play out so much. Um, well, in the last few months, Castor Semenya on, well, he's, he's inter- experiences intersex or has a bit intersex variation, but to the ballpark pretty much next door. Um, and I want to comment on that a bit, actually. Um, also... Um, you know, the situation with Hannah Mouncey in AFLW, which was handled so appallingly last year and is slowly coming on track. And so that's a factor as well. But even if we take out all the, we'll call it external discrimination, we've ended up, as you say, with all this internalised body shame type on so many ways, whether it's size, shape, whatever else. And so, you know, there's lots of it. And, I mean, as you said, we're going to come to our personal stories, but the This Girl Cam 
can, Vic. Um, it is that, those those words, but look for the uppercase and lowercase on Facebook, Twitter, and I think it's Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, um, and also I forgot to mention to contact the show for questions for Michelle about this, um, out of the pan 855 Gmail, SMS 61 456 Tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And um, look for the entries on my Facebook page and out of the pan 3CR855 in Melbourne. But it is um, really good that there's a whole range of women of diverse backgrounds in this campaign, which I think is really important. I, I went into this campaign, Sally, a little bit reluctantly. I, um, I posted the original plea for trans women to join the campaign on Facebook because I do the Transgender Victoria Facebook posts. And I, I looked at it and thought, oh, no, someone else will take it up, surely, surely. And it got to the point where no one else had taken it up, so I said, yep, I'll, I'm happy to do it. I want to do it. But it, what surprised me, you know, so I did it with a little bit of trepidation. What surprised me coming out the other end was participating in, there was some media training, there was a media launch, and there was a stakeholder launch for uh-huh. it. And getting to know the other ambassadors, I realised just the breadth of um, diversity and inclusion that the campaign had. You know, there were something like three African women, there were three Muslim women, there mm. were a, there were a couple of Hindus, there were people literally of all nationalities, shapes and sizes. There were a couple of Indigenous women, one of whom had real body shape issues, um, mm. and. Um, and the uh, you know there were also disabled women. There was a woman with a blade, a woman I think missing an arm, a blind woman. It's, it was just the, the it was breathtaking getting in amongst those girls and recognizing that the way they saw me is I'm just another version of woman. That being trans is being a trans woman is just another version of woman. Excuse and, me, just one it was second. Fantastic. I'll just do a Toyota like leap and go. What a feeling! And I mean, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, I, this, you know, and I think that's awesome. There, there is that level of empathy that your journey is a slightly different path, but you're looking over at the other paths and vice versa, and everyone's saying, "Oh, yeah, they're pretty similar," mm-hmm. and I think that's fantastic. And so, yeah, um, yeah, a big tick, and I think it's it's good that these, and I mean, there must have been a sense of confidence from each other. I'm guessing, you know, sharing the stories. Oh, I'm not alone, sort of thing. I know it was it was fantastic, and I hope. I hope that going back to the trans men and the gender diverse people, that my story kind of resonates a little bit with them um, and that they work to overcome their barriers. You know, I, I, I think we we create more barriers than what there really are often and, and there are some real barriers. I'm yeah. not downplaying it, but we often amplify them ourselves and you've got to work against that. You've got to got to say... Yeah, this girl can, <laughs> and that's where I'm at. <laughs> what? Um, well, you said it, and I, so I can, I can see a this tran can cam <laughs> coming, um, and I think there's something in that. In fact, I'll, I'll put a call out if people perhaps want to work on this. I don't, you know, and see if we can get licensing. You, this campaign originally started in the UK. This girl can UK, and you know whether we need to just do licensing, but whether we have some initial formulation, a bit of a brainstorm with the gaggle of trans and gender diverse people perhaps get in touch with um yourself or my and or myself yep that'd be fine sally i think that's a fine idea i think we need <clears throat> every step of the way for promoting more awareness of transgender people and more visibility of transgender people is a step forward to acceptance yep and make it all um, equ- equal and equitable 
All right, we'd better have a little bit of a, br- a talking of breath, a breather there. <laughs> and we opened up today with, appropriately enough, as I said, Marie Wilson won't keep a good girl down. One form <laughs> of exercise you could do, if that's what you want to do, is um, demonstrated in this track by the Doobie Brothers with Michael McDonald on lead vocal. It keeps you running. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR, digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, out of the pan with Sally and guest Michelle. Hi, we are... Oi, Gipnoi. From Catania, Sicily. Support 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. Streaming live at 3cr.org.au. We are happy to discover this radio because in Sicily this radio does not exist. It's that time of year again. It's Radiothon and out of the blue we're running our annual fundraising trivia night. It's on Wednesday the 23rd of May at 6pm at Highlander Bar in the city. So jump on our Facebook page, Out of the Blue, for more information and tickets. Hope to see you there. Come along and have some fun. Diving deep for the trivia questions, as they always do, from 11.30 till... um, uh, noon, uh, out of the blue, and of course, yes, support their Radiothon event. It's getting to that time of year. Support 3CR on Radiothon um, coming up in June. Um, more details in those immortal words as they come to hand. We heard from the Doobie Brothers. It keeps you running, but whatever your form of exercise um, that keeps you, as I think it was Br'er Rabbit once said, the breath going through your body has got to be good. Um, and um, we've had um, a, an email come in from the fabulous Melina, um, who's had a couple of things. Janelle Monet has come out this week, which is fantastic. She's a sassy queer woman of colour. I've got some research to do. I've got, um, I've got to catch up and do a full read of a great article in yesterday's Age and Sydney Morning Herald that featured Georgie Stone about young people and how they're leading the way on so many things. But um, Janelle has a question, um, and it's not. It's I think um, you know, sort of. It's not quite a sporty question, but we'll throw it in. Um, if you would, you like to see more artists who identify as trans in popular culture come out in music or the arts? Um, they have more influence than politicians, especially towards a younger generation. Um, so, yeah, um, what's your thoughts on that? I think I could guess, but um, I oh, oh yes, in violent agreement with that. <laughs> you know, I think you know politicians uh, can affect what happens, but but. Artists and musicians affect how people think and react. Yeah. And so, of course, it's very, very important. Um, I'm trying to think of the um, people like Anthony and the Johnsons have had great effect. Well, yeah. And, and you know, the, the there's also, I can't think of any trans artists, but maybe you can. Trans- visual artists. Visual artists. Oh, mm-hmm. No. But I um, guess the Wachowski sisters, if that's how you say their name, yep, have been really important. Oh, and yeah, and uh, Daniela Vega, we spoke about last time we were here. Last yep. time I was here for Transgender Day of Visibility, and she's a fantastic actress. And of course, we've got. A, I have another podcast to catch up on. I think I'm having a lazy Sunday somewhere, and that's of course an interview with Eddie Ayres, the fabulous. 
classical musician and fantastic program on Compass. Geraldine Doog interviewed Eddie, and it was just beautiful. And he was pictured being inter- he he when he was before transition as Emma used to host the um, Huntington. Yeah. A state music festival, a classical music chamber music festival in, in the Mudgee area of New South Wales. And he was being interviewed in front of the audience about his transition. And that's just such a fantastic way to, to get transgender in front of a whole lot of people who otherwise might not be exposed to it. Yep. Yeah. So, um, no, look, totally agree. And look, um, I have to, I must remind me to um, give the link out. Um, I had one of my highlights earlier this year was being on a panel with Eddie and Jordan and um, C.N. Lester. Mm-hmm. And the video is now on YouTube. So I must remember to mention that for everyone. Send me the link, Sally. <laughs> I will do that. Um, we'd better get back to being sporty spices. Um, yeah, why not? <laughs> um, so you wanted to tell your particular story, and I think we can never get enough personal stories or aspects thereof. So, yeah. um, well, dare so, I say, so. dive right in. <laughs> so one of the things that, you know, I was in denial of my transgender identity for so long, and one of the things I did for stress relief prior to transition was running and a lot of it. I ran many, many marathons. And coming into last year, um, when I when I started to assume a female hormonal profile, um, I I continued running and but I stacked on a lot of weight. Uh, and when you're carrying a lot of weight when you're running, um, it puts stresses on all the joints. And my knee collapsed in uh-huh. in May of last year, and I stopped exercising. And by August, and around the time the marriage survey started, I was critically depressed. It was really, it really had a negative, huge negative influence on my mental health. Yeah. And until until I went, hang on, Michelle, what's happening? And I I saw that the lack of exercise was doing that, and I thought, what can I do? Right, hop in the pool, get in the pool, and do it. And um, that's when that's when I really started swimming regularly, which led to the, this call can being the This Girl Can Swimming Ambassador, I guess, which has been, been wonderful. It's, it's reinforced my, my swimming um, program, my swimming um, habit, I guess. And, and that's another important thing. So, yeah, I think exercise helps everybody's mental health, but transgender people need more support than the, the average because of the really shocking rates of anxiety and depression in the community. Yeah, look, agreed. And, you know... Um you know, I might throw, I'll go with intuition, throw my story in. I mean, I'm, you know, um, I think the thing where it all went really badly off track was 13 years at an all-boys school, you know, and even it wasn't so much that it was about football and cricket. It was, and I have my left eye's weaker than the other, and as I grew and didn't know this till much later, I've got one leg shorter than the other. So those sorts of sports weren't great. But then you add in the gendered competitive expectations, and if you weren't good at sport at this school, boy, did you cop a verbal pasting. Um, and it left to a lot of shame and anxiety. I couldn't, there were times I couldn't even go for a walk without feeling that anxiety come up. And probably they're deep down because I didn't know about the leg shorter than the other until 2002. And credit to Midsummer Carnival, they had a one of the chiropractic um, businesses had a stall there one day. and. Um, sort of woman waved at me as I went by and said, do you, know, do you want to come over and have a measure? I don't need that. Oh, yes, I've noticed you've got one hip higher than the other. Oh, okay. So pretty observant. Um, 
And yes, I'd get adjustments for a while, but it didn't do a lot until I changed chiropractors. She said, well, you've got one leg shorter than the other here. Use a lift. And all 95% of my back strain, if you want to call it that, disappeared overnight. So that was really good. But I'm also, I know I'm a very much a mind person, perhaps a bit more than a body person, even taking gender and trans out of it. And so I suppose that stuff about body got buried for a long time and it was pretty painful. You know, it was really abusive and I will give low-level trigger warnings. You're playing like a girl, not a compliment, <laughs> but also please please excuse this, but this was the words in context. You're playing like an unco, uncoordinated, pretty vicious. And so it took till last year until I got a, I found an excellent mental health professional who I'd happy, happily recommend to anyone in um, rainbow communities, but also very good intersectionally as well. And we worked through it a bit. And then, well, you mentioned... We were discussing off air the Darabin swim night in February this year. Wow. The fact that I managed to do three or four laps, that to me is like doing a crossing the channel or something. And I've got to say the next week I was up at, um, well, the All About Women Festival in Sydney and they put us up at a luxury hotel with a pool and I thought, damn it, I'm going to get up early and do a few more laps. And I've got to say it was a really good thing because it was a long day, you know, it was intense and that sort of thing. So I'm glad I did. It gave me a bit of extra energy. And then I have been to city of Yarrapur, it was two or three weeks ago, and we had that 30 degree Sunday, which seems so long ago now. And, you know, a nice thing happened yesterday discussing this at Trans Family. And one of the people said, well, anytime you want to go swimming, just give me a bell and we'll work out a time, which is pretty cool. So I think, and I think that's important. They say if you can get a buddy to exercise with, it can help the motivation. And like your um, All About Women, uh, sorry, all like your This Girl Can, Vic, um, promotion, you had everyone bolstering each other, which was sensational. So I feel like I'm on track. I've lost a bit of weight and the tummy sucked in a bit and I feel better. It's not about really even how it looks. It's just I know I'm feeling better. Yes, Sally, you touched on a few interesting points there. The buddy system is one one way of, of yeah. helping you make exercise a habit. Um, but if you want to have a look at more, the This Girl Can website has a whole lot of hints about ah. how to how to get through those barriers that, that prevent us from exercising. The buddy's one, um, and that helps overcome time poorness and, and, and body image and, you know, this, and creates a social aspect to exercise. But there are, there are others, you know, the time poor aspect, you know, setting the alarm and putting it over the other side of the room <laughs> so you have to get up to turn the bloody thing yes. off, you know. It's all of that, you know, and there's a whole lot of hints like that which are really um, supportive of doing more exercise. So I'd refer the, the listeners to the website. And, yeah, the Darabin swim night was absolutely fantastic. I walked from one end of the pool to the other and then back again and um, – you know, I talked to about 30 or 40 people in, in that time walking up the pool. That's why I spent the whole two hours <laughs> talking to people. And so many of them, well over half, and these are experienced people who have been out in the community, out at work, you know, doing everything. So many people said this is the first time I've been out in a swimsuit ever in public. Yeah. And that's that's just shocking. It's terrible to me. I, yeah, and, shocking that it was like that but at least good that you know i've got yeah. to give a full rainbow tick to darabin for what they did and also Absolutely. thanks to the wonderful tina healy for initiating it um, brilliant brilliant move yep. yeah anyway yeah yeah and so um we should add thisgirlcan.com.au for the website mm-hmm. and also just one that has popped into my head um which seems like it's pretty 
safe and friendly. It's called Melbourne Q&A, Queer and Allies Bushwalkers. So there you get to a bit of, a bit of nature, which, of course, um, there's so much great stuff not far from Melbourne. And, of course, if you go further afield, I, um, as I do in my work, I, there's just so many beautiful places here in our mm-hmm. Victoria. It's the risk of sounding like a tourism ad. So I think, yeah, having that group support in a safe environment, I think we're, you know, we may have something there, Watkins. <laughs> yes, and just quickly... Um, all of the girls, all of the ambassador across all the, all the sports in this girl can have said to me, if you want to or any of your trans friends want to get involved in any of our sports, then please contact us. We'd be happy to help them. So, you know, there's there's everything from lawn bowls, cricket, Australian rules, soccer, um, ultimate, uh, ultimate frisbee, all sorts of things. And so there's an extraordinary range of possibilities there and the listeners can contact you or me to to get get some contacts in that respect. Okay. Oh, hashtag allies. Yay. It's <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Yeah. All right. We could probably talk about this all day, but I did want to catch up um, with the wonderful Connor Burchard-Burns. I'd better get Connor on the line. But you're going to hang in there and just um, sit yeah. in and be a gooest presenter um, on that. A guest, a guest, sorry. Uh, <laughs> a guest. A yes, guest. Indeed. And so, well, with all the women exercising together, we can, in the words of this track from Sin from many years ago, which was a um, track that the Melbourne Marching Girls used at Mardi Gras. There's some exercise. Um, mm. And it's called, appropriately, we can conquer, um, it's called Galaxy Girls because we'll conquer the galaxy. 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3CR On Demand. And 3cr.org.au, Out of the Pan with Sally, Guess Michelle and Connor coming up very shortly. I love that image of the Galaxy Girls from a great um, rainbow artist, Sin. Um, <laughs> hasn't recorded in a while, but um, obviously I'm doing other things. Um, and um, we're just having a bit of trouble getting Connor on the line, so we're just going and this is where the presenter has a mad reshuffle of the show <laughs> for a few minutes. But we did want to talk about a few other things. Melina's come in with a couple more um, messages. Janelle um, Molina is a Prince protege, so that's pretty cool. Mm. And has also performed at the White House. The Obamas were big fans. I can't exactly see Mr. Current POTUS um, probably having something like that at the White House. Um yeah, but not, not unless they were a porn star, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, although I've got to get um, talking to um, people working in the sex industry. That's um, one of my t- um, people I've got to get talking about during May. But and someone who is, um, who was, I've got to give a mention. On Tuesday, three CR had a panel on diverse women and Me Too, including Queenie Bonbon, um, and that podcast is now um, up, um, or if it's not, it will be very soon. And also we mentioned the fabulous, um, well, I'm biased, I think it was fabulous, the event at the Sydney Opera House, Trans Like Me, um, and the um, YouTube is up for that. It's um, If you look for Feminism Beyond Gender Binaries, all about women 2018, and I'll post that under today's post, Facebook posts, um, yeah, you can, um, um, you know, find it there. I just, it's a, um, but... It's a mixed comments warning. Some are positive and some are trolls, so beware. <laughs> well, just quickly before we get Connor on the line, um, the other things we wanted to mention about This Girl Can at thisgirlcan.com.au, it's a whole range of exercise, not just a single or team sport, isn't it? Absolutely, Sally, and that last track, talks to one of the, reminded me that one of the one of the activities there that you can get exercise from is dance and there's a, a dance ambassador 
And from memories, Cindy, I think, is her name from memory. And, you know, she's actually come from quite a, 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 a socio-economically disadvantaged background. And there's a bit of a story that says that she couldn't afford dance lessons when she was a child and has only taken it up as an adult. And, you know, that, that provides her form of physical activity. There's certainly a yoga instructor in, in amongst the group. And there are probably a couple of others that I can't just put my finger on. But certainly the, your only option for physical activity is not team sports. It's not just things like swimming and running where you're doing individual exercise. There's, there's a whole range of different ways to get physically active. And all those physical activities have a positive mental impact. It doesn't have to be a team sport. It doesn't have to be a social situation. It doesn't have to be a sweaty, nasty kind of thing, yes. challenging thing. It can be something that's just totally enjoyable. And ultimately, all all exercise should be done because it's enjoyable. Absolutely. I'll go mm. with that. No, just having a look at the um, 25 or so ambassadors, I think I can see here, it's an amazing, just even looks like an amazing group. And, you know, I was thinking actually just one more one more comment before I see if I can get Connor on the line. Um, I was thinking, you know, we had shows, what was it, a few years ago, you know, what is it, um, World's Biggest Loser or whatever it was, and I don't really think that helps um, those sorts of shows. I think there's too much pressure and stigma, and I think people need to recover a sense of connection to their body very carefully and privately. Um, I th- uh, good luck to the people who went on it, but I'm not really sure it's the best approach. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of indulging in my own issues around um, self-acceptance, not necessarily body, but, but the whole of self-acceptance. And, you know, I'm, I'm following a, a train of thought, which is a really a mindfulness thing, which says, and, and the title of the program is, well, the title of the book I'm following is called Radical Acceptance, where you accept yourself and give yourself love for all, all the thoughts and all the feelings that you have about yourself, positive, negative and neutral. And as they arise, you observe them and say, okay, that's part of me and it's a good thing I am. It's essentially saying, it's a self-affirmation thing saying I am, I am good. And going back to this girl can thing, you, you, it, it's important to overcome those body image issues. Absolutely. Definitely. All right, let's um, see if I can track down Connor now. We are standing by. Um, so I'll just run some messages, get Connor on the line, and Michelle's going to stay in for the rest of the show as we talk about um, things as we approach International Workers' Day. 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au, and on demand, out of the pan with Sally. Hello, I am Mahsa Vahdat. Hi, I'm Marjan. And you're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on your radio dial. Also on digital radio and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Please subscribe. What do you think of when you hear the word drugs? Medicine. Medicine. Uh, recreational. There's lots of things, isn't there? covers all sorts of stuff, doesn't it? It's a bad thing, but, I don't know, people get good feelings off it. Fun. Entheogenesis. Stupid. Fun. Youth. Yeah, fun. Uh, bad. Dirty syringes. Shake my head. <laughs> Cocaine. Hater. 
scourge. I'm agreeing with him. Trouble or maybe addiction, something like that. Something I don't relate to at all, I don't understand. Party time. Well, generally, sort of loser, if you think of that, recreational drug. I don't know, drugs, bad. Medicine, help people, helping people with their conditions, whatever that may be. What is the drug user? Who is this person a drug user? In Psychedelia, we're here to rethink the psychoactive paradigm. Sunday afternoons on 3CR, 2 till 3pm. Part of the Sunday lineup on 3CR, you're listening to Out of the Panic, show covering pansexual issues at the moment with Sally and now guest host S. Michelle. Um, and at one o'clock, of course, is Freedom of Species, um, all things animal advocacy, and at two in psychedelia. Joining us on the line, um, the phones are a working, um, which is a good thing, um, from Victorian Trades Hall um, as we approach International Workers' Day on May the 1st, um, Connor Borchard-Burns. Connor, welcome to 3CR. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, good to have you with us. You've been doing some awesome work on, um, well, it covers both women and rainbow people in the union movement. Um, So perhaps let's start there because, um, of course, it goes pretty much to the heart of this show, but I think it's fair to say to the heart of this station, which, of course, has a long connection to the union movement. So, you know, what's it about and perhaps also how you got involved in it? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, um, I'm an equality organiser for Trades Hall's newest team, uh, We Are Union Pride. And exactly like you've said, it is this beautiful intersection of rainbow people um, and workers, because we know that lots of rainbow people are workers. Um, And for me, it's just such a, it sounds really cheesy, but it's such a privilege to be able to work with LGBTIQA workers um, and that our team's mission is really quite simple uh, and quite complex all at once. It's to stand up and fight back for um, for queer workers' rights in the workplace. Yeah. Oh, look, definitely because, you know, look, of course we're seeing so, much, so many examples of worker, you know, sort of um, marginalisation in, in general, you know, sort of contracts and you know, things like mm-hmm. well, a convenience store underpaying workers and so many other things. Um, an example of a cafe um, this week, who I don't think we'll give them any more publicity than they deserve, <laughs> um, you know, sort of underpaying workers. And when they tried to speak up, they were just, you know, dismissed, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you are someone from any marginalised background, and of course the pro- focus of this program is queer slash rainbow, but obviously, sadly, in a society that doesn't value diversity, the more intersectionalities you add on, women of colour or people of colour, to be, of course, to be fair, mm-hmm. um, but women of colour, and perhaps in particular, and non-binary, and we, we, we you know, Indigenous, disabled, you know, sadly, things get worse. So, what sort of issues um, have come up, let's say, specifically for queer workers? Yeah, absolutely. So we have been doing, uh, we're quite a new team, but we've been um, reaching out to our community and really the overwhelming theme that's come out from a couple of consultation sessions that we've been hosting is that as a community, we are we're just overwhelmed with joy that we together made marriage equality a reality. Yeah. But that the fight does not end mm. there. It's not over yet. There are still so many... There are still so many challenges that queer workers face and just some of those anecdotally that have come out of our conversations with queer workers themselves are around not feeling safe to be out at work or Mm -hmm. 
for workers who have come out at work and, and whether that's decision, their decision or not. Um, real issues around bullying and harassment because of the way that these people identify or the perceived way that the way they're perceived. Um, and particularly as well for uh, non-binary people and for trans people around um, quite particular challenges on like language on forms um, mm-hmm. make it really, really difficult. Even just you would think it would be so simple. It is simple for a lot of people just to fill out a, a beginning of employment form and putting down your bank details so that you get paid. But there are so many complexities for some people that make that a completely stressful and traumatic experience. And it just doesn't have to be that way. We can so easily fix that through unions. And that's exactly what we're about. That's what we're trying to get at. Fantastic. So, yeah, all very, very much um, needed. Um, mm-hmm. Lots in there. So, um, you know, sort of it ties in pretty neatly um, with International Labor Day, which comes up, um, according to my calendar, on, well, it's Tuesday. And then, of course, we've got to mention the big event that's happening next Sunday, the 6th. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, sort of let's link that into the, the, the broader, we'll say the bigger, we'll call it the broader picture, if you like, of International Labor Day. Yeah, absolutely. So for us, Labor Day is, of course, it's it's a momentous occasion for the for the labor movement and the union movement. But what I think is really special is this year we're really having a chance, or at least me. I know other people in the past have done this well before I started, are bringing the LGBTIQA community into our community um, because we are we are the same. There's no real reason for us to be separated siloed communities and I think what's really wonderful is totally like you said the event on Sunday 6th the May Day Festival um, that Trades Hall has a big part in operating we're really excited for Rainbow Families to come out and it's a it's a beautiful lovely Sunday afternoon to celebrate everything that the labour movement has fought for and won and what we're still fighting to keep. Yeah, well, I think if the, you know certainly the the dreaded postal survey was horrible, but the the thing that came out of it was the realization that in so many angles, so many people are fighting for the proverbial fair go, mm-hmm. and there is of course that massive um, intersection between what unions and workers are needing and queer people, and of course you put queer workers in there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it sort of made so much sense. And so if anything remotely good came out of the survey, maybe that's one thing that did. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I have to say the survey was, I still shudder thinking about it. Yeah. But being an optimist, as I do try to be, I think you're exactly right. The one good thing that came out of it is we now have, and particularly for our team, we have just the most phenomenal base of activists, of people who came together because they knew that this survey was unfair and ridiculous. And I, I, I could say some other words, but I'm not going to say them on radio. <laughs> we'll play safe, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, and they knew, they knew that that was unfair and they knew that they had to do something about it. And during that campaign, we had so many people come forward and take action who had never done anything remotely activist before. And what's wonderful is that we still have those people and one of the biggest aims of our team is to keep those people engaged because they've told us they're not ready to lie down. They want to keep going. They want to keep fighting. And that's exactly what we're going to do with them. We're going to facilitate that so that they can fight their own battles within their own workplaces with the support of their unions. 
Brilliant. Michelle, had a, um, who's sitting here with me, had a thought for you, Connor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting listening to you, Connor, and, and hi, it's Michelle here. Hello. I, I was, um, you know, I have been a unionist myself in the past and not sort of in the position at the moment to really be one, mm-hmm. um, working for myself. So um, I think, but, but I really support workers' rights and so on. But I'm wondering, you know, the if you could comment, the other side of what your work is doing is really that um, stuff that, organizations are doing so acon has a pride and diversity program which is and big corporates and um universities which is where i'm doing some of my work at the moment and Mm -hmm. um, and other sporting organizations and all sorts of organizations but a lot of uh, organizations that employ workers can you comment on how you see that interacting with your your program yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm glad that you. I'm glad you brought it up because you're absolutely right. Like Pride and Diversity is a is a wonderful program, and there is such a there's such an established base of organisations who are doing this work and have been doing this work for years and years and years and years. And so I think for us, we are a very particular team, um, and we we have very particular goals around. Our aim is to bring together. Um, a base of workers um, and we've defined worker as a very particular way for us. Mm-hmm. We're defining it as anyone who is in, who's currently in paid work, anyone who's been in paid work in the last 12 months or anyone who's actively searching for paid work because something that we know about our community, the rainbow community, is that yes. actually getting into work <laughs> is bloody difficult and staying in work can be bloody difficult. So we've um, we've really tried to keep our definition a bit broader there. So I think um, I think in the way that we interact, we're working a little bit with Pride and Diversity, and we hope to be working with them um, in the future. Is as you've mentioned, they're quite um, corporations based and they're quite management based, and we're kind of um, coming in at all levels, all levels of the workforce. So shop floor, middle management, management, and then Pride and Diversity go right up to that that top tier there. Yeah. So yeah, it's thank got to, you. Yeah. No, I think you you both hit on some good points there. That it's got to be the old whole of organisation type approach. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's no good just having one little sort of well, proverbial silo. It's got to, and it can happen and spread through. And organisations that got started on rainbow diversity inclusion a bit earlier, we're seeing some of the results come through now. That it just becomes seamlessly part of the organisation's bloodstream. So it can definitely be done. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I'm with you, I, I feel there is a sense that, you know, you put the effort in and we can get it out. So, yes, optimism can be reasonable. <laughs> from, yeah. yeah, from my perspective, you know, I think it would be good, you know, there are great organisations doing great stuff and there are organisations like the University of Melbourne which has just joined the Pride and Diversity that have just started their journey. Mm-hmm. But you would encounter organisations that are so far r- r- further back in the pack, shall we say, yeah. That really needs some encouragement, and it sort of provides them with a support organizations with a support system, so you can work with an organization productively. Yeah, absolutely, um, and that is that's where we want to be. Absolutely, those those organizations that are sort of at the back of the pack, like you say, they're really the places that can be that can be the most dangerous. And so, what really we really want to do is to be able to work with them and with their relevant union to ensure that they are their safe places. Because every worker 
deserve to go to work and be safe. That is the employer's obligation to their worker. And we just want to make sure that that's, that's happening. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's absolute, an, an excellent note on which to finish because I'm just about running out of time. Um, <laughs> no we could talk about this a lot, but um, it is so good to see um, the union movement um, getting into this area of rainbow and I think a lot of intersectionality, um, which is sensational. As you say, everyone has a right to go to work and be safe and have enjoy their work as much as they can, yeah. and this will certainly help do that. So just once again, um, these, I just wanted to get the start time for the Trades Hall event next Sunday. Uh, was that? I think it's one o'clock off the top of my head. I think it is one. I think you're right. All right. So you can put, um, put your earphones on and listen to our, the pan on the way there next week. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you've just got another 30 seconds. Yep, go for I it. Just, I just want to plug. Um, so We Are Union Pride is oh, having yes. its official launch party. Um, which we're absolutely delighted about to launch the beginning of our work and beginning of our team. And that is happening next Friday at uh, 6.30 um, at Loop Project Space and Bar. And we are just delighted to be having um, such a wonderful event. So anyone who's listening uh, and would like to come along, you can RSVP on our website, weareunion.org.au. All right, and that's Loop in um, Myers Place in the city near the sort of roughly near Parliament, yeah. Yes. Give or take. Um, Yes. Yeah, thank you for reminding me of that. That was sort of one (laughs) of the things that made me think I'd better get you on the show. (laughs) Connie, you're doing some awesome work. We'll stay in touch for sure. And, um, well, on on this week of International um, Workers and Labor Day, well, what can we say but solidarity on every level. And, um, um, yeah, stay in touch and all the best for the coming week. Absolutely, you as well. I can't wait to talk to you again. For sure. Keep up the good work, Connor. It gladdens the heart to see those yes banners on Trades Hall. Oh, absolutely. Mine too. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, thanks Connor. Absolutely. Um, indeed. We'd better get out of here, Michelle. Once again, this girl can, thisgirlcan.com.au. Check out the ambassadors. You're doing some great work as well <laughs> on so many levels, spirituality, exercise. Um, there's so much we can cover, um, but... As I say, we'd better get out of here better get out of here and make way for freedom of species. Yes, excellent, Sally. Thank you very much again for having me. Thanks for coming on the show. Take it out today if we're talking workers with a bit of Goanna from their brilliant legendary album, um, Spirit of Place and Factory Man. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.